0: Hey, it's Crystal.
1: Hey, it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between.
0: Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human.
1: Welcome back to Intentionally Human. Hey, guys. Uh, we are back, and we have a special guest with us
0: tonight. His name is Jay, and he is going to um, share a little bit about relationships and the different styles of relationships, and we're really just going to kind of div- dig in and ask some really curious questions. So, mm-hmm. Jay, if you don't mind, we're going to turn it over to you and kind of let you introduce yourself a little bit so folks know who they're talking to.
2: Okay. Hi. Uh First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, this is kind of exciting. Um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old. Um, I live in Texas. Um, I'm a self-employed uh, person who, who, you know, works in music. Um, and I am, you know, after so many years of um, focusing on work, um, I'm kind of diving into the, the dating scene in a big way in, in the last year or two, and especially coming off COVID just like trying to date in a serious way for the first time. Um, and, uh, and so I'm excited about that. And that's actually how I met Jessica, um, you know, uh, who invited me to, to talk on the the podcast.
1: Yeah. So one of the things as um, obviously we, we saw each other on a dating, <laughs> dating app and you had in your profile that you were ethically non-monogamous and that really just like raised a light bulb in my head because that's something new that I'm starting to see as I'm getting back into the dating scene as well, is that that's out there and open, but I don't really know a lot about it. And then whenever I try to research it, it just doesn't reading. It doesn't explain it to me in a way that I understand it, if that makes sense.
2: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I was there a few years ago. um, Sort of the same thing when I first started looking at online dating, one of the first things I, Or one of the first people I matched with is someone who identified as ethically non-monogamous. And so, of course, my first question is, what does that mean? What is that? Um, and, and so, you know, that was kind of my introduction to the concept. Um, and since then I've had a lot of conversations and, and thought about, you know, what's important to me in dating and, and what are my needs in my life? Um, and, you know, how, what kind of dating structure works and, and makes sense to fulfill those needs.
1: That's really interesting. I I think that that's a huge thing with dating in general, right? Is like you can go on dates and you can be somebody who dates, but if you don't really know what your needs are, it's hard to get into a, a relationship, especially like a long term committed relationship. And I'd imagine if you are looking for more than one partner, you really have to have a clear understanding so you can set those boundaries and make sure everybody involved understands what your needs are, what your wants are, and then they can either choose to agree with that and be like, are long for the ride or not?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, um, the parameters are whatever you define them to be with your partners, you know, and and you can have different agreements in place with with different partners based on their needs. Um, and, and like, in, in that way, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, and one of the reasons why it made sense to me is, um, and thinking about what my needs are and what my partner's needs are, um I don't know that I am necessarily equipped to take on every need of my partner you know to be sort of the the everything or you know um i what's the term I'm looking for I, well th- to be there everything you know um mm-hmm. like i I don't know that that's me um and you know and thinking about my own needs, I don't know that it's fair to put all of my needs on on one person either. Um, and if you think about, you know, like you have many different friends and you may go to different friends for, for different things or have different, different aspects of your relationships, uh, you know, from person to person, like mm-hmm. maybe you go golfing with one person or you crochet with another group of people, or, um, you know, you, you like the same, uh, bands and artists and will go to concerts with another friend, you know, um, like those you're not necessarily doing all those activities with everybody all the time. You know, it's just sort of like, Oh, we both enjoy this thing. So let's go and do that together. Um, and so in thinking about, you know, dating, um, I like that structure started to, to make more sense of me when I, or more sense to me when I looked at it in that context and that maybe I'm into, um, you know, going out for sushi, but my partner doesn't like going out for sushi so you know why not find another partner who does like going out for sushi so that that's kind of like where where my ideas about non-monogamy started to make sense
0: yeah i think that helps provide a little bit of context because i'm i'm not gonna lie when i first read it um or at least saw the term i was like uh is this legit or is this somebody who's trying to like cheat on their spouse but like doesn't want their mistress to feel uncomfortable with it, right? And so, and I know that sounds crazy, but that's where my mind went initially. Sure, yeah. So after thinking about it and doing a little bit of research, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can wrap my head around it a little bit better after seeing some context. So I'm glad that you kind of put some context behind it, because I think for a lot of folks, it is new and it's not, you know, something that's fully understood or even embraced just yet in all areas. So...
2: Yeah. And what, I mean, if you think about, um, like all, our culture and society and, and sort of the relationships that are put at the forefront that we see every day, like even starting with our parents and, and just our normal families, like everything's monogamy. Um, and you know, if ever, um, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, polyamorous, uh, situation were presented, it was, you know, like the Mormons in Utah or, um, you know, in in the Middle East, you know, the the there's uh, polygamy over there, and that it's weird and and wrong, and you know, um, it's it's not normal. Um, and from our perspective, growing up, like, I would say that that's true that it wasn't normal. Um, but we also didn't necessarily have the understanding of the how and why of it. And you know, I'm I'm not a member of those cultures, so I I can't get into why they do it. Um, but like, and and thinking about the structure of like. What are romantic relationships? Um, and, and what do I, I need from one or many relationships? Like it, it started to make a lot more sense to me to sort of, um, you know, uh, distribute, you know, the workload. So, <laughs> uh, you know, to put it in, in one way. Um, I don't know if that makes sense.
1: That does make sense. I, just to be candid, I feel like that's a lot of work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I literally, before this call, I told Crystal, like, I'm trying to get out and date more, but I'm just going on dates. Like, I don't know if a relationship of any type is like really what I'm looking for. I think I just need the practice of going on dates and meeting new people. But even that in itself is a lot of work. And there's just sometimes I don't have the energy to respond to a text or do the whole, how many siblings do you have? Where did you grow up conversation? It, it's just a lot. Um, so does it, is there like an emotional taxing that you feel when you are non-monogamous of meeting new people at different stages? Does it get a little bit hairy and a little bit harder than, I guess, most people think it would be?
2: I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, there are, Um, a full range of emotions present in, in each partnership. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I remember one night, um, maybe a month or two ago, um, I got a call from an ex-girlfriend, a current partner, and then another partner. And they all had, um, you know, some emotional weight they were, they were carrying and, and just needed someone to talk to. And it was like, all these calls came in all at once back to back, and it did feel a little overwhelming that um you know like wow i'm I'm kind of taking on a lot emotionally right now um with my partners but but that's kind of a rare case like that that happened one time it's not every you know every night that all of your partners are are kind of having a crisis <laughs> um you know there and and there's the opposite side of the spectrum as well where you know you just have a really great intimate day or moment, um, you know, with a partner and, and it's, uh, wonderful for, for all the reasons that it would be wonderful in a monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But it it can be a lot. Scheduling can be kind of tough sometimes. Um, you know, meeting new people is definitely hard. I, I personally find that to be the hardest part. And, and especially, you know, like, dating is hard already. And then on top of it, online dating is weird and new. At least for me, it's it's weird and new. Um, and then coming off of COVID is kind of weird and new. So, so like, that's, that's definitely the hardest part to, to navigate, I think.
0: I agree. I think online dating is weird too, uh, and I, I guess <laughs> I it should so preface weird. this, yeah, that I'm I'm married and have been married for a really long time, so I've never had any personal experience with online dating. So Jessica has been teaching me, which has been a lot of fun uh, to live, you know, kind of vicariously through her and her experiences. But
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would
0: think that the scheduling could get tricky. But I'm curious because I'm assuming that communication has to be solid, right? So when you're meeting your partners Mm -hmm. and you guys are establishing kind of, you know, parameters, boundaries, whatever, that that communication is key. But do you ever find that as time goes on that needs change or that jealousy becomes a factor or that one person wants to start to kind of change those boundaries or look at maybe a different partnership arrangement? I just I just feel sure. like sometimes that happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean it, again, like it's I don't see it as being very different from any other relationship you might have um with friends, with family, with coworkers, you know, um you know, sort of the parameters of your friendship can change over time and mm-hmm. what you need from each other can change over time and and the same is true um when having multiple partners. Um I I had a partner a few weeks ago um, where we were having a conversation. We were actually talking about, I had just come off of a, a date. And so I was telling her about that date. And she had come off of a weekend, uh, a weekend long date. And so we were telling each other about this um, and having a really great conversation. And then, um, you know, our, our relationship has been kind of casual, you know, up, in, up until this point. And she started talking about how she wants um, uh, a more um, not traditional relationship in terms of like monogamy or non-monogamy, but she wants um, something more than casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was thinking like maybe this other partner uh, she could have this with. And I was thinking like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. But um, then it came up that she had those feelings for me and that, you know, maybe we could be that. And so that, that did kind of change the dynamic and it did change how I viewed the relationship and it did require kind of uh, setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, and everything that's so important is setting expectations and communication is, is you know, sort of how that happens. Um, you know, we can disappoint each other really quick if we don't know what our boundaries are or don't voice what our expectations for the relationship are. You know, up front, and and as they change, we just we just address it and, and bring it up, um, and that takes a lot of like trust and, um, you know, kind of bravery. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a lot of bravery to uh, um, to delve into these topics sometimes. But um, if you have a good relationship with your partner and, and trust, I I think those conversations are easier to have, and and as things change, you know, you can choose to adjust to it or or you can choose, you know, to, to move on.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. I think that happens even in monogamous relationships where you might start out and then you kind of slowly stop seeing other people because you realize that you're catching feelings for this person. And then, (laughs) you know, you're not necessarily on the same page of the trajectory of the relationship or even what you want long-term. It's like that thing that I think a lot of people who have been dating have dealt with where when you think that you're dating somebody in six months and then they're like, oh, I'm not really looking for a girlfriend. And it's like, whoa, (laughs) like we should have probably said that third date or something like six months into something (laughs) is a little (laughs) bit of a long time to um, be getting boyfriend privileges (laughs) without actually getting the title. So I, I think that that's a huge thing. And I would almost say that it sounds like your communication style with your partners happens really quickly. And I think for so many people, they're nervous to communicate that early on and to just put it out there because they, the rejection, the fear of rejection is there, right? Like if you are Mm -hmm. talking to somebody and they're like, Oh, I just kind of want something casual. And you know that you're catching feelings for them quicker and that you would like it to be more than casual. It's easier to just go along with it and be like, yeah, I'm cool with casual until your Until you're not in, okay. I'm not cool with it anymore. And then yeah. it usually has like a big blow up kind of situation where um, i speaking from experience, like you end up making an ass <laughs> of yourself <laughs> because you just let it bubble up and boil. And then it just comes out one night. It's like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm crazy. This is what they make movies over.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and like, when you think about it, that's such an unhealthy way to approach a relationship, whether monogamy or non-monogamy mm-hmm. monogamy is what you're interested in um you know like to not to not let your expectations be known and to not ask you know what are your expectations for the relationship i mean it's so important and in non-monogamy i found that the people who practice it um are much better at communicating those things probably just out of necessity Mm -hmm. um whereas like in monogamy or, or at least you know my own personal experience with with dating um there's, I, I felt like there was already a lot that was assumed as far as mm-hmm. what boundaries or expectations are in place for monogamy. Um, but everybody has a different idea of what those boundaries are. And we don't say it like, we we just kind of start off the relationship, assuming, you know, we're playing by a certain set of rules. Mm-hmm. And if, if those rules, you know, don't align, then we run into problems down the line.
0: I think yeah. that's so true, because that's where my mind was going too. I think when you look at just what the like the traditional standard for relationships has been up to this point you know historically i I think there are just some unwritten rules right like and some unwritten yeah. expectations that people kind of assume when they get into these relationships and so I think well or at least for me what we're seeing is almost like an advanced or a kind of a like a maturity that has to be present. Yeah. Or an advanced emotional awareness. Right. Like you have to be aware of yourself, your own needs, your own wants, um, and then be able to communicate them, which I think puts a lot of accountability on the individual. Right. To be like, hey, these are the choices I want to make in my life. And I have to, you know, man up and make sure that I'm clear. (laughs) And then I don't like, you know, just try to assume that they're on the same page as me, even though, you know, we know that that's just not the traditional standard. Right.
2: Yeah. And you always hope that, that, you know, your, your partner or someone you just meet is on the same page and that they want the same thing, but, but we can't assume that, you know, um, it, it really helps to, um, to have those conversations and, and it's even okay to say, I don't know what I want right now. You know, like right now, I just, I just want something casual and and we can see where it goes and and let's check in again in a month and see if anything's changed for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I was dating someone earlier this year that we kind of figured out from the get-go that it wasn't going to be a long- term relationship, um, but we were still attracted to each other and um, and wanted to continue with a casual relationship and it went on for about two and a half months, and we checked in you know every month and just said, "Here's where I'm at. Where are you at?" you know uh, We use you know different terms than that, but that's that's basically sure. what happened <laughs> um, and it was great, and you know two and a half months in. Um, she decided that she wanted um, monogamy and and uh, a more serious partner, um, and so we parted as friends. We had this really beautiful moment of you know, like, thank you for this time we spent together. Um, moving forward, I, I hope you you get what you're looking for, and you know we're still friends. So communication's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, wonder- I
0: really like that. I feel like. That's not talked about enough, and mm-hmm. I don't know that we're always taught that growing up, right like i and just gonna have talked not about this in other podcasts, right like communication <laughs> respect like even just being aware of your own feelings and your own needs and desires. I don't know that we're taught how to do that very well, and so I think you see a lot of people <laughs> like entering into adulthood like ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm going to try to figure it out. We're just going to wing it. And I think it works for a lot of people. You figure it out and you start putting those pieces together and, you know, you start to make it happen. But sometimes it takes some folks, some, you know, quite a bit of time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm 37. I like that, <laughs> yeah.
0: But I like that these conversations are happening, right? Like it's becoming more acceptable to say, hey, let's, let's revisit this just because it's how it's always been done in the past. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way to do things. And totally. maybe if we can educate each other and become more aware,
1: like we can grow as human beings. Right. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I was going
1: to say, it reminds me a lot of it almost, cause the non-monogamy is against the status quo of what you're told. So I feel like there's more of a freedom that you don't have all of these ingrained rules in your head of what you have to follow Because I would love to be that girl on a first date that's like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is my long-term goal. And I would say probably about 80% of the guys would be like, she is intense. Yeah, she's intense. (laughs) You know, like, that's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like, you're taught, right? Like, you don't talk about... Like, you're kind of demure on the first couple of dates. Like, you're just getting a, a feel for the person. And so... I don't want to say you're tricking somebody, but you're definitely, I keep saying it like in all the pods, you're on your best behavior. And that best behavior sometimes doesn't mean that you're communicating everything that you should be because you're still trying to get that. And I think that that happens a lot in monogamous dating when it comes to that, because it, you know, it's three months in and you're like, that's your first time to really check in with somebody and be like, what are we like, what are we doing? Are you seeing other people? I don't think I want to see other people anymore. And it's like, you devoted a good amount of time to somebody and that could have been talked about prior to of like i'm going to continue to go on dates or whatever and then a lot of times people use seeing other people as a weapon right like that's been something that i that can before. happen yeah yeah you know if you look really like a guy and he's not committing the way you want him to you just be like okay cool well i'm gonna go date other people until you figure your stuff out and it usually works like that to get them um, to go, oh, I don't I don't want to <laughs> see you with anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, so like I would say like I know I have weaponized it before and I know other people have too of that. Oh, I'm gonna make you jealous, because then you're gonna realize what you're missing out on by not committing. <laughs> and well, that doesn't is, sound like it happens.
2: Is so is that your reason for for saying like, well, while you figure out your things, I'm going to date other people. Like, is your reason to make them jealous, to make them commit? Or or are you actually thinking like, well, you know, this person isn't, you know, ready or looking for what I'm looking for. Let me give them space and, and do their thing. And, you know, I'll keep doing my thing. Like, I is mean... it, are, are you actually like using that as a weapon or is it just a logical, you know, um, step it's for different. you? And Yeah, I can see
0: the look on your face, Jessica. And you're like, mm. Well, I would I'd like, like to say, say that it's a hundred percent that mature
1: <laughs> response you uh-huh. just explained there, Jay. But
2: you Yeah, know, no. <laughs>
1: there is a part <laughs> of you <laughs> There's a part of you that goes, I hope that they run into me on a date with somebody else. <laughs> Which is like that's the really ugly part of me that is, is not great. But yeah, like if somebody's telling you like I'm not ready to commit and settle down and that's what you want, like you have to take that at face value. Totally. It sucks. Yeah. Um But what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to sit there and beg somebody to want you in their life or, you know, No. but it it does feel nice when you get that kind of like arm punch on somebody. (laughs) Um, And that's just me being real. Like, (laughs) I know that that's not the true response, but it does feel good sometimes. Yeah. Well,
2: and, and, you know, honesty is so important. So, you know. At least you're
1: aware Jessica, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. I have toxic behaviors. I'm aware of my toxicity. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just not necessarily aware enough to want to change some of it yet <laughs> so.
2: yeah i I mean like using it as a weapon or or thinking of it in those terms, I think also opens yourself up to disappointment because what if it doesn't work, you know, um
1: oh yeah, it normally doesn't, I mean the rare occasions that it does it works for like one night and then it's you're back to the same place that you started,
2: yeah, and nothing's nothing's resolved or solved, mm-hmm. and you still have to figure out. A way forward.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I I feel like it's that lack of communication. And I just think for like, we're taught so much. And I don't know about men. I know for girls, like you have to be the cool girl. You can't be wanting to be too clingy too fast. You can't ask for commitment too fast. You've got to like, let them chase you. There's so many of these unwritten rules that you feel like you have to follow. And then as soon as you don't follow one, if it doesn't work out or, You don't get the result you want. You think like, oh, well, did I? I should have followed the rules. I broke them. Yeah, it
2: reinforces that Mm -hmm. that idea that those rules, you know, are valid in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are you know, quote unquote rules for men too, Um, and I I never follow them. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know, and you know, maybe to my detriment. But um, it's it's so like back to expectations. Like the, the rules are just expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do this, then this result will happen. Um, but, you know, we may not be like operating under the same expectations or playing with the same rules. Um, and so like, if you just kind of eliminate those and start with like clear, direct, open communication, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you can get on the same page and start playing by the same rules and and start having the same expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's hard enough with one person, but if you, you know, start dating multiple people, it just becomes so important. And on, on top of that, you can waste a lot of time with one person. You can waste more time with three people, (laughs) you know? Um, So I, I don't know. Like I, I found, um, you know, the conversations I have with non-monogamy are often more direct and a little more to the point and that doesn't mean that it's not fun and that there there's not um, you know kind of excitement in the unknown because there's certainly those things Um, but but it does kind of like get us on the same page as as far as like moving forward and and um, what that looks like
0: I kind of feel like those conversations are probably just a little more rational than emotionally driven which is what I think (laughs) we see a lot of in dating, right? Like you show up because your feelings, you know, are there. And then you kind of approach those conversations with those emotions, right? Like I, you know, I want to make sure I get this and I get that instead of just like checking yourself and just having a rational conversation Mm -hmm. with another rational adult. Um, (laughs) so maybe there's something to be learned here, right? Like Mm -hmm. non-monogamy or monogamy, whichever way you want to go, like there should still be some of those conversations occurring and that communication, you know should just be present. Expectations are still going to be there regardless of if you have one partner or more than one.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I James. have a
1: question. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. Um I have a question around like what you define as a partner, you know, cuz like for me dating, I I do go on multiple dates and things like that and then I might if I start catching feelings for somebody, we'll sort of put other people on the back burner. Cause at that point it's like, I really just want to see where it goes with this one. Um, but I like, I define like dating somebody and like seeking a relationship with somebody as something different. It's so, like dating around is dating around, but I don't think I, I would not call myself non-monogamous at that point. Cause I'm not really creating a relationship other than just getting to know somebody in like very small increments. So I feel like when it starts to go more to that relationship area, that's when I start dropping the other people that I don't feel like it's it's there as much with. So I'm really curious to see how you would define like a partner and like, where you sort of draw those lines between. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm trying to ask. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I think I understand. Um, you know, like, is there a distinction between like, you know, the casual dating and in the initial mm-hmm. stages and maybe a, a long-term, you know, I plan on seeing this person uh, continuously for a while. Um, and I feel like with non-monogamy, um, I don't feel the need to draw such a hard line on those things. Um, you know, I do have... Uh, and, and also, you know, what defines a partner? Like, I have one partner um, where we're friends, uh, we have a strong emotional connection, and then we also have sex. But then mm-hmm. I have another partner where... Uh, we're like best friends and we have a strong emotional connection and and we love each other. And I see her as being in my life for a long time, but we don't have sex, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I still think of her as one of my partners. And I also think it's important to um, establish to any other partners that I have that she, she is a partner. She's going to be in my life. um, And she's someone who's important to me. And um, you know, so, so uh, like you can have different, different things with different partners as as far as how I see it, Um, you know, for, for so much of my life, I saw like love and sex were kind of entangled Mm -hmm. and they were, they were part of the same, same thing. Um, And like, you know, if I had sex with someone, I like, I would immediately fall in love with them. Um, You know, and, and it's like, I, I didn't have a strong idea of those two things being able to exist separately, if that makes sense. Whereas like now, I don't know if maybe it's that I'm older or I've had, you know, more experiences at this point, but I feel like at this point I can separate, you know, love and sex, um, and that they don't have to, um, exist only at the same time. They can be their, their own kind of separate experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can have, you know, one of those or all of those, you know, love, sex, emotion, um, friendship. I can have one of those or, or all of those, you know, with a partner. Um, but I, I don't necessarily need to have all of that with someone, if that makes sense. Um and as far as like you know like the initial dating stage to longer term um the longer term stuff just seems to happen naturally you know after a few more dates we we keep just keep scheduling more dates <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and uh
2: you know and and you know i I feel the need to be friends um with my partners before um I don't know, but before we really explore, you know, romantic feelings or or anything like that, like Mm -hmm. the relationship for me starts in friendship. Um, And so once we establish that we can actually have a friendship, um, I think, you know, that's kind of fertile ground for, for expanding the relationship to, to something more. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely made sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I have a question about like religion, because I know a lot of our like traditional religions that we see, you know, in America is traditionally, you know, Christianity or some other um, form. But a lot of times there are rules around dating and marriage and expectations, right, that come um, through those kind of religious teachings. And I'm I'm just curious, does that ever come up like when you are finding different partners or meeting different partners that maybe their religion puts certain expectations that you guys have to put into your kind of your pact or your
2: boundaries? 100%. And um, so I, I'm atheist, um, maybe agnostic, depending on the day. But, <laughs> but you know, generally atheist. Um, and, and so that the definitely, like, you know, affects how how I view relationships and, and the world at large. Um, you know, our, our nation um, is really Christian centric. And I think the expectations of like the Christian religion have really been implanted into our cultural expectations here. Um, you know, that's, that's a big part of monogamy and and sort of the rules around relationships, gender roles, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it, religion absolutely plays a role in it. Um, and, and again, like, you know, everybody's relationship to their religion and what the rules mean to them is different. So, you know, not every Christian is going to date the same way or adhere to the same, the same rules or expectations. Um, And, you know, any other religion for that matter. Um, Mm -hmm. I have found it difficult to um, date women who are uh, specifically Muslim only because part of their religion, you know, if they adhere to it says that they shouldn't date someone who's not a Muslim. So um, I have matched, you know, like there was one woman in particular where, we matched at that point. I hadn't listed, you know, uh, any religion on on my site, so I think she was just like fishing, hoping, you know, to find a fellow Muslim. But, um, you know, uh, after a little bit of conversation, you know, that quickly came up, and and that was, you know, that was the end of that. It was just off the table. You know, it didn't matter. You know, we could be friends, but um, you know, we weren't going to be able to date because of that. So re- religion does um affect how People date and and how they they view it. At least you know from what I've seen. Are you guys religious? I mean, do, do, does that fit into your expectations with how you date and and like with your marriage?
1: When I'm casually dating, not so much. But like with the partner, it definitely comes up more because I I am like a practicing Catholic, so that is one of those things. Like long term, if if we're talking about like a full future. Like if there's children involved, marriage, like I want to be married in the church, raise my children in the church, that kind of stuff. And so I think it is important to be upfront front with a partner around that because um, it's not for everybody. And there's some partners that are like, I, I don't want to go to church with you, but I don't have any problem if you raised your kids that way. <laughs> you know, totally. um, so yeah, it's one of those things that it does come up eventually, um, but it's never it's never like a true deal breaker because I feel like it comes up early and like you just kinda know before it comes up and get to those heavy questions like if a relationship's gonna work out or not. There's other reasons it yeah. wouldn't work out beyond right. religion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I I feel like if everything else is going well, like, you know uh, unless you're you're just like extra hardcore, like religion is something that um people can work around.
1: Mm-hmm. I will say there is like a part of me that was like, it would lo- be lovely to date and marry a nice Catholic boy who just gets Catholicism. Cause I think for so many people, right. they're like, it's weird. It's cold tea. <laughs> so not having to explain it or like always defend it is nice, but.
2: Yeah. You know. My, uh, my grandparents, um, and my father grew up Roman Catholic. Um, and so I, I actually see that as like the normal Christianity, um, and like when I moved down to Texas and, and, you know, there's a lot of different, different branches down here. Um, some of those feel a lot more culty than, than Catholic does too. <laughs> but I guess it's just like, you know, what you're used to and, and what's normal.
1: Yeah. And then Crystal, I don't know, cause you're married. So you have a different perspective on this Probably You've already had this conversation. I'm yeah, so,
0: I mean, my husband was raised Catholic I went to Catholic school. I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, and I think we're both, you know, kind of spiritual people, but we, we don't go to church regularly. You know, we don't raise our kids in a church. Um, so sorry to any family who may be listening to this, cause I know that's really big with a lot <laughs> of my family. Um, and so, I mean, we do try to raise them with good morals and val- you know, values and ethics and spirituality and things like that. Um, but it, it just works for the two of us. And he and I have different views on certain things. Like we will have, you know, discussions, especially around religion. Um, and he's very much like into the history of religion and how it's kind of grown and transformed over the the years. Um, but we, you know, we will agree to disagree at times or we'll, you know, see if we can change each other's mind or whatever. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like it, it's still kind of, you do you, I'll do me. And as long as we can come together and, and agree on how we're going to raise our kids, then, then we're good. Like it's never now, been a deal breaker.
2: Yeah. And do you guys feel like you're practicing Christians or do you feel like you're more just culturally Christian where you've been raised, you know, sort of in, in the school of thought of, of these morals and values, um, but you don't necessarily, you know, go to church and adhere to the dogma. Yeah. Um, so that's strictly.
0: A, yeah, that's a really good question, because I kind of go back and forth on this, honestly. Um, <laughs> I mean, in full <laughs> transparency here. I, I mean, I do go back and forth. And Jessica and I have talked about this. I was the kid in Sunday school where all of my Sunday school teachers, you know, like hated having me in their class because I had so many questions, right? So like they would teach you things <laughs> and you would read the Bible. And I'm like, I don't understand. How did that happen? Or why did this happen like that? That doesn't make sense. And so they would you know, I wasn't the one that would just be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's just regurgitate everything that we've been told." Um, and so, <laughs> I've kind of had that same philosophy growing up. Like things, I can't just blindly have faith in something that I don't understand. Um, so, I think there are things about Christianity that we believe in and that we, you know, we live by. But I, I don't know that I fit nicely or neatly into any given church because of that, because I I do question things and I do want to make sure that I've, it makes sense. And I fully understand it before I will say, oh yeah, I can get on board with that. So like the Catholic church isn't, isn't a good fit for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't knock it. Like I know I have a lot of Catholic friends and they're fantastic and we have a great time together, but I, I don't, I can't practice the, you know, Catholic practices just because it doesn't all make sense to me. So I don't know if that fully answers your question, but that's kind of where I'm coming from.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And, and I mean, you know, as a a fellow citizen of the world, I'm so glad that you question things like the world is made better when we, we question things, I think. Um, And, and I mean like, you know, back to non-monogamy, that's, that's why I, I, have even explored it at all is because I was questioning like, you know, is monogamy really the best way to have relationships and and is it right for me and at this point in my life um i'm enjoying non-monogamy and and it feels like it works but that may not always be in the future you know in the future it it may change for me or i may want to be monogamous you know um i don't know
0: yeah i i'm kind of one of those people who lives in the gray and i feel like sometimes religion gets very black and white and i don't know that every single human being on the planet fits nicely into you know the round holes though so sometimes you got a square peg and it's not going to fit in the round hole and that should be okay. Right. Like it doesn't mean that that square peg is any less valuable um, just because it doesn't fit nicely into the box or the rules or, you know, whatever that either your culture, your society, your religion, whatever has outlined. Um, and so I'm heading like, Hey, let's just question everything. I don't know. <laughs> it may not work for <laughs> yeah. me. And I'm, I may, you know, I've been in a committed relationship for a really long time and we are, you know, totally monogamous and and that's our thing but i can see where that may not be the thing for other people right like and that's cool totally i don't feel like everybody has to live the way i live cuz i mean it's a little crazy up here sometimes and i get that that's <laughs> not going to relate to everybody you know mm-hmm. so i'll own my crazy and it works for me but it's probably not going to work for everybody
2: yeah and and it's okay that your needs are different and and you can yeah. see to those needs and take care of those needs yeah
1: absolutely that actually leads me, I have a question around like your, your partners. I know that you can't necessarily speak for all of them, but in general, do your partners tend to also be non-monogamous? Like, can you have somebody who is just dating you and doesn't want to see anybody else, but is okay with you being non-monogamous? Um, Ooh, that's
2: a good I good question. yeah, I, I don't see why you couldn't have that situation. Um, you know, currently uh, you know, I have the, one partner who I sleep with, she is also non-monogamous. And so she has, I think, one other partner that she sees, you know, um, I guess long-term, you know, regularly. And then she'll she'll also casually date. Um, you know, I, I have uh, her as a partner and then my other, my emotional partner. Um, in the past, she has dated multiple people at the same time. And she has also been monogamous in the past. Um, right mm-hmm. now um she's not um she's just not into dating right now so <laughs> so right now she's not dating anybody um you know and and um I will go out on on dates casually with people in addition to dating them mm-hmm. but i i really do feel like it is it has to be specific to to your needs and the needs of your partner and you know what needs can you fulfill for each other um, because if you guys can't fulfill at least one need for each other, and both of you don't have a need that can be fulfilled by the other, then it, you know it's going to be one-sided or, or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as long as you each can fulfill you know a need for each other, I don't see why you couldn't have that situation where one person is like, I don't need to date other people, but you're welcome to, and and you know I'm happy for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think that's one of those things that it's like hard to imagine. Cause I, I feel like if you aren't also maybe seeing other people are open to it, like there would be more space for jealousy. And that's
2: probably sure, just yeah. like my
1: way of thinking, you know, that's kind of how I was raised and I am more of a jealous person. <laughs> um, so it'd be that thing of like, Oh, like, mm, I don't like that. Um, so that's really interesting. But so I have a question on the hookup culture. Cause that's so big now. And I'm sure with you doing online dating, you see that like hookup culture is huge and there. Everybody makes jokes about their roster, which is, you know, it's never, it's funny to be like, Oh, I have a roster. It's never funny to hear that you're on somebody's roster of like people <laughs> that they call when they need something. Um, yeah. But I, I think a lot of people who like have a quote unquote roster or who are sleeping with multiple people, would still say that they're monogamous because they're not seeking a long-term relationship with any of these people. Like it's strictly just sexual, and I, I, I wonder, like, by definition, if you're just looking at a black and white definition of non-monogamy, I feel like that fits very closely into the definition of non-monogamy. But I don't know if a lot of people would self-identify that way.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point, and you know, and. In- people self identify as a lot of different things. Um, And I think, at least for me, when I identify as ethical non monogamous, it is with the intention of having multiple partners, uh, long term. Um, And so someone who is maybe um, playing the field and and figuring things out, they may have the intention of having one partner long term, they just haven't found that partner yet. And so they, they may not identify as as non monogamous. Um, And and I think that that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. in in that framework. Um, You know, another term people will use is poly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like poly has a different connotation for me than ethical non-monogamy. Poly fits under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. But I feel like the people who are polyamorous, um, their relationships are more like a web where many partners are connected to each other. Whereas ethical non monogamy um is more um you know uh it, it's not a web. The the partners are interconnected. For example, my partners have, have never met each other. Um, you know, maybe they will in the future, but like there are no plans or or no no intention for that at this time. Um and, and so like I feel like that that is maybe a kind of a distinction. Um, that makes sense for for what I want and and for my relationship structures. Um, but I mean, it, it really like if you if you sort of let go of the expectations you've grown up with and look at what are the possibilities and what do I actually want to need out of, you know, human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start to figure out creative ways to fulfill those needs and still be in integrity with yourself and any partners, you know, you may take on.
0: Yeah, I feel like the hookup culture kind of lacks that ethical component sometimes, right? Like maybe that True. communication isn't occurring with the other partners. So maybe they're having multiple partners, but they don't always know that there's other multiple partners or that it's really just a hookup, right? So I think it lacks that yeah. ethical communication part maybe. Maybe like, not always, I mean, but
2: that would be it my guess. It sounds like it lacks a lot of communication. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and like, it sounds like, uh i i'm not a person who generally hooks up um like you know all of my i'm really looking for friends that are going to be long term and and if we progress from there that's awesome um so i can't say that i have any experience with hookup culture but my impression of it is that um it is very casual um no expectations are laid out you know if if you guys hook up in a night um, that's awesome, but you can't have the expectation that you will ever again in the future. Or if you do that, it will lead to anything. Um, until you establish that, until you communicate that, um, I don't know. I, I would navigate that situation with very little or low expectations for, for future, you know, with those partners. But like, if, if that's your thing and you're getting something you need out of that, I don't think there's any shame in it. I don't think there's any reason to be ashamed of hookup culture or being on someone's roster you know so to say um you know like if that's a situation that works for you and when they call you 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 want to you know spend the night with them um it sounds like you guys are fulfilling needs for each other and and you know it's all good if you have feelings that you're being taken advantage of or that you're not getting what you need out of that i feel like that's something that should be communicated um and even at the risk of losing that connection Mm -hmm. you know if if you're honest with yourself and honest with your partner or potential hookup person with what you want and need and they decide you know that's not what they want and they walk away i think you're better off for that even though it may be disappointing in the moment
0: yep there's that emotional maturity coming through again (laughs) (laughs)
1: i I will say like i don't know if the hookup culture is the most emotionally mature typically (laughs) you don't i mean it's it's pretty easy to just like meet somebody and hook up with them and then if it happens again cool if not whatever um but definitely like when you i feel like anytime that i've hooked up with somebody repeatedly i've actually communicated them better than somebody that i've dated because there's like more intimacy and that like you have to have that communication and trust for intimacy to be good so that's always something that I've kind of noticed and then if I if you catch feelings you know like putting it out there and then if that if they're like I'm not really looking for that okay but like I would still like to do this I just need you to know that at some point this might have to stop because I am developing feelings and if it gets to be too much then we're gonna have to end it so it's a really I mean it's it's different that like you can communicate better that way than you do dating. But I would say like when you're hooking up with somebody, you're not looking at them as a long-term partner because they're just fulfilling that need at that time. And yeah, it's a different type of like relationship than somebody that you're trying to make a long-term partner. Like there's that thing that if you really like somebody, you kind of do wait to sleep with them just because you want to make sure you're getting that foundation built without putting that physical intimacy in too early because then it does it's really hard to to go back to emotional intimacy once you can cover everything up with the physical stuff
2: that's true yeah yeah i wonder
0: too jessica if the conversations are there because maybe there's some safety discussions that need to be occurring right like if we're gonna continue to just hook up um i'm going to assume that you're probably hooking up with other people and so Mm -hmm. i probably want to make sure that we are protecting ourselves when we're together but then also you know kind of want to know what you're up to when you're with your other partners so I would assume like some of those conversations would have to occur absolutely and that kind of opens the dialogue to say hey here's the parameters for this kind of long-term hookup
1: yeah like I don't think most people on a first date are like what's your um sexual history have you been tested recently but if you're (laughs) hooking up with somebody that's like a very real conversation of like are you on birth control Um, are you allergic to latex? Like you ask all these questions and you would never just sit down and be eating sushi and asking those things. Um, yeah,
2: that's generally not, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's, that's generally not like, you know, dinner conversation on the first date, (laughs) but, um, but those are great conversations to have. And and we have them in in Mm non-monogamy as well um and you know hookup culture is not necessarily a new concept either like there are countries in europe where that's more the norm you know where you'll sleep with someone first um and and then you know maybe decide to have a relationship with them later um and if you were to say hey i'd like to date you but not sleep with you it, it would seem weird for them um so i i don't know that it's necessarily a uh it, it may be a newer concept for you know America and, and our digital dating age, you know, to, to date in that way. Um, But I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a wild world. Like navigating (laughs) dating in general is just wild. There's, there's rules. There's not rules. It it gets, (laughs) it's a lot to do. And it's one of those things like you, I feel like it's not so much of a passive thing anymore, especially because with COVID and all that, like meeting people in the wild is not, as readily available and as easy as, as normal. And it almost, you feel weird, like walking up to somebody and being like, hey, cause you, when you do the online dating, you get, you get it so ingrained, like that other person is attracted to you if they match with you, or there's something that connected y'all to where y'all both liked each other. You don't get that walking up to a stranger in the bar and being like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Or what's your name? You know, it's, the rejection's a lot quicker in real life. So it's yeah. it feels safer to online date. Yeah, that would well, be intimidating.
2: And, and with online dating, you're alr- you've are you already established by being on the site that you're interested in, in dating. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you go to the bar, you may just be there to hang out with friends. You may not be looking to date. Or you may already be in a relationship and therefore unavailable. So anyone who would approach you, you know, it's already a non-starter. So, yeah, the, there is that comfort in online dating. And that you know, at least everybody's here, you know, kind of looking for a date
1: yeah it's a lot less I mean there's still a lot of rejection Um, (laughs) because I think some people don't use it necessarily for like dating like it's also sometimes you just need validation that there's somebody out there who would be interested in dating (laughs) not that you're actively looking to date it's just like okay somebody thinks I'm pretty awesome that's what I needed I was having a shit night (laughs) (laughs) yeah like a lot of people use it for that right like oh, I just was having a bad night or I was drunk and horny and I was swiping people. And that happens so much. So you get like all these matches and then you never talk to them. And it it does become a game. And I think it kind of takes out that vulnerability piece that is really necessary when dating in general. Like rather, whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, you have to have a level of vulnerability to be able to connect with another person.
2: Totally. Yeah and and you're not going to connect with everybody you know it, it, online dating is dating by paper basically you know mm-hmm. you're looking at everybody's stats and and what they think of themselves and how they describe themselves um and and it's it's so inorganic that's not how we actually form relationships in the non digital realm you know like we'll meet someone at an activity that we both like and and maybe strike up a conversation that way you know mm-hmm. um so it, it does feel a little strange to be looking, you know, at people on on a piece of paper and trying to decide, like, could I date this person or not? Um, and then once you actually match, you then have to have a conversation and figure out, do we have any chemistry? Can we even hold a conversation? Because um, some people don't hold conversations very well, you know? Um, and and then it's like, okay, we got to let that person go. <laughs> so I feel like um, online dating Makes the dating pool seem massive, and I guess technically it is, you know, in a, a big, a large city. I mean, there are literally thousands of people um, that you could sort through and and look at. Um, but it does take a lot of work to get through, um, you know, all the the extra stuff that isn't going to work to find the people that will work for you. Mm-hmm. I have a
1: question oh, that sounds on like, that. Like a lot of work. It's so much work, Crystal, <laughs> Yeah. You're <dear> God. <laughs>
2: It it can be exhausting. It can be, (laughs) uh, it can be a little disheartening sometimes. Um, I think the dating online dating experience for women is quite different for men as well. Um, at least like I I always talk to my partners about, you know, what it's like for them. Um, and they'll have like 4,000 people who have matched with them and they can't sort through them all in a month if they tried, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's like me, I don't get that many matches. And I don't know if it's a, a gender role thing and that, um, you know, w- women are used to being approached and maybe a little shy about approaching. I, I don't know if that has something to do with it or, or what, but um, yeah, like the, the online dating experience for men and women is kind of different as well.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I've noticed a lot of my guy friends that do the online dating they won't scroll. Right. Like they, and there's that assumption that men will write in their bios. Like if you read this, then congratulations, nobody does. And I don't think that minimalized, (laughs) we look through your entire profile. We analyze it before we make that decision. Um, So we've like already in our head determined like, okay, I could see a potential partner in this or no, like here's some of those red flags right away. And I'm not ready to explain away a red flag right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that Like all my guy friends are like, I just saw a pretty picture and I swiped, like, I I couldn't tell you her name actually, or how old she is. (laughs) Like, that's wild. Like, there's a reason that they make you fill that crap out. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that's like a little bit of the difference too. Um, What I wanted to ask you around, like the online dating is I found that sometimes it's hard to build the friendship foundation. Like you said that that's something that you look for because you're both going into it either saying that you want to date or you want a long-term relationship or you want something casual. And I, I know that for me, one of my first inclinations, whenever I see somebody like has something casual in there, my first like gut reaction is, Oh, they just want to hook up. And so that's that's kind of like one of those things that automatically, if, if that's not, not what I'm looking for, it goes in the no pile, just because it's like, why would I open myself up to that? But for like the relationship piece, it's sometimes really tricky because you have people wanting to get serious super fast or Mm. they say they want a relationship, but then you meet them and then it's like, no, they're like really just looking for a hookup. So how does that work for you?
2: I mean, my personal experience, um, you know, uh, the woman I dated earlier this year, we went on like three dates before we even had the conversation of, you know, what are you looking for? What do you want out of dating? you know, we we just had like easy conversation and, and it was friendly really fast. Um you know, and, and same thing for one of my current partners. I think on our first date, uh we ended up sleeping together on the first date, which is kind of rare for me, but we had seven hours of conversation, you know, before that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And, that was some and, date. Yeah, it it was a very long date. She remembers how many hours it was. It was like 17 hours or something that, that we hung out on our first date because we just had really awesome connection and conversation. And, um, you know, I guess I didn't have much to do the next day.
0: <laughs> so, so I could
2: say and hang out. <laughs> um, That's funny. yeah, I like, I work a lot. So sometimes I can't do that, but, um, but like that, that was a great instance of like, like the friendship was almost immediate, um, with that partner. Um, and I had a date a few weeks ago where, um, we met at the park and, you know, we walked around and and talked about different things. And, um, she was a classically trained musician who doesn't play anymore. And, you know, like I make music for a living. So we had that in connection, but, um, but there was really no connection on anything else and her body language was closed off. And so it was like, okay, like even friendship is kind of hard here. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I, I don't you know, we actually set up a second date, which later canceled, you know, and, and I think that was probably a good thing, because it was kind of hard to even establish friendship, you know, and and find common things. Um, I don't know if I answered your question.
1: You did. (laughs) I think it's kind of, you know, it almost depends on the person, which that's such a shit thing. (laughs)
2: Because
1: you'd like for it to be a general rule or something, but it is, you can't do that for people. So
2: Yeah. well, And online dating kind of gives you like the false sense that you can generalize. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, you know, if you're getting 4,000 matches, you have to, you have to start weeding them out, you know? So even the smallest inconvenience on the profile is a reason to get rid of that person and get down to someone who doesn't have those inconveniences, you know? So I, I think it becomes easy to generalize, but at the end of the day, you still have to meet an individual and have a connection with an individual um, for, for anything to to move forward, you know.
0: Yeah, Jessica and I have talked about that a lot, about how you can have a lot of things in common and it can look great on paper. You can check all the boxes. But if you get together and you're just not on the same wavelength or, you know, that connection just isn't there, um, it, it's just not going to work, right? So I think that's one of the things that gets hard with online dating is you can check all the boxes and everything can look good on paper. But then when you meet in person, it may just not work out.
2: A hundred percent. And I've even, you know, more recently realized that, um, you know, like on the apps, you can, you can put a lot of filters in place and, and sort of weed out people who may have things you're not interested in, but there's also a danger to that and that you could be weeding out someone really great. And mm-hmm. even though you guys aren't, you know, both catholic or or you know both you know listing your star signs or whatever um <laughs> you know <laughs> um you you could be missing someone out missing out on someone really great by um you know by swiping left um okay. for sort of a uh inconvenient reason um so I've been trying to like you know give people more chances um with that in mind that like well like on paper. I don't think I find that interesting, but that might be such a small component to who they are and, and what they're about that, you know, let me swipe right and, and see if, you know, we could actually have a connection and, and move beyond that one little tiny thing, you know?
0: That's mm-hmm. awesome. And, you know, if, if you do, that's great. And if not, it'll probably be a good story to tell at some point. Right. So
2: <laughs> need start a <laughs> yeah
0: need to podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got to be open to experience things. Right.
2: That's right, and I mean that that is kind of the the exciting thing I'm kind of introverted by nature, but um like I've been trying to look at dating as like fun and exciting, and going into it with like low expectations um again, like if we don't establish friendship, that's fine, like we've met and and figured out it didn't work. And I'm so glad we found out now that it didn't work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But if I can like meet somebody and have fun and it is a friendship, then, you know, we can see, keep seeing each other. So I've been trying to like have fun with dating and, and less, um, less like having serious expectations about where it might lead. I think non-monogamy gives me an opportunity to do that as well.
0: I feel like there's a lot of freedom in that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. instead of putting all that pressure and expectations maybe on yourself. Uh, It's nice to just kind of be open to what the world brings you and good, bad, the ugly, whatever, like it, it's all an experience, right. And it's all something that can be meaningful to you and your life and just be open to take the ride.
2: Yeah. A lot more fun that way.
0: (laughs) I think that's scary for a lot of folks, but I think you're right. I think once you kind of get over that fear of the unknown or the uncertainty, it's it's a lot of fun. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Jessica, you asked about jealousy earlier Mm -hmm. Um, and like that's something I want to talk about, too, because like historically I've been very jealous um, in relationships, Um, especially, you know, if I have a partner that I'm committed to and it feels like, you know, they're showing interest in somebody else. Um, whether they are or not you know that's what it feels like and and sort of like the perception that I have something to lose um by my partner showing interest in somebody else mm-hmm. um like that that was um i think kind of the feeling that fueled like my jealousy um and like one of the things I've had to kind of confront and understand and get over um in doing non monogamy is that um you know, what I have, you know, with a partner is unique to us and them having another partner doesn't take away from what I have with that partner. Um, you know, like whatever they have with another partner is unique between them and maybe they're, they're going to be similar similarities and they may share some of the same things that we share, but that doesn't take away from like the power or the importance, um, you know, of, of, you know, that relationship that, that we have. And so like, once I, I kind of like figured that out and allowed myself to be okay with that and and even to be happy for them to have great experiences with other people, um, Mm -hmm. like jealousy just kind of went away and it's not, um, I won't say like jealousy never comes up, but when it does come up, um, like I have the perspective now that like, why am I feeling this way? Um, i don't have anything to lose here you know and and like they can have a beautiful beautiful experience with anyone else and that won't take away from from our beautiful experience um so like you know jealousy can can happen in non-monogamy um and in fact uh the first woman that i matched with who identified as poly several years ago we scheduled two or three dates and they all fell through because she had partners that were jealous, and she had to, you know, take care of their feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. So we we never actually met because of jealousy. So it's definitely a thing that can happen. But it's, it's really a a personal thing for yourself. It's a feeling, you know, you experience. And it's, you know, it has to do with insecurities you have, not Mm -hmm. necessarily with the reality of the situation.
1: Yeah, because I would say, like, my jealousy is always fueled from something different. It's, It's more like that you don't feel like the choice or that you're not being picked. Um, I think that, you know, I come from a giant family. So I think some of that stems from just craving some of that. (laughs) Um, That makes sense. So it's never that thing of like, it's not even that I'm thinking about them with somebody else. It's just the, like, I didn't get picked and that's why I'm jealous. Like what if they get picked and I don't? And I think that that's like, For me and a lot of my friends, like, that's where we always find our jealousy swimming from. Even with friendships, you get jealous, right? If you see friends going on trips together and you weren't invited or they're hanging out more and you're like, dang, like, I want to do that. I'm jealous. It's, it's from a place of like, oh, I didn't get chosen in that situation.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And that feeling of loss, losing Mm -hmm. out on, on that. Um, It's interesting, like monogamy allows for that jealousy to happen um, in a way where like non monogamy doesn 't doesn 't necessarily have those same structures in place, I mean you could still not get picked in non monogamy you know um, but it 's not because um, there 's only one partner being chosen it 's not because you were a great fit for somebody and they decided not to pick you you know mm-hmm. like I feel like in non monogamy if you 're a great fit, like you can find a way to make it work uh, whereas yeah, in monogamy. Yeah, in, in monogamy, if you're a great fit, you still might not get chosen because there's another great fit who seemed like a better choice at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that's definitely interesting. Black and
1: white, and then gray. So
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Jay, we are um about to hit our wrap-up time, so I really just want to thank you so much for coming on. This was. Really brave of you. I mean, I reached out to you through Bumble immediately. <laughs> like, do you want to do an interview? Um, so I appreciate you being willing to do it, trusting us um, with this topic because I know that it's something that can be difficult to talk about. So I really, really, really appreciate you for hopping on with us.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And and I'm actually happy to have the opportunity to talk about it. Um, it's you know it's a subject I find interesting as as well. Um, and talking through it always reveals new perspectives about it so um thank you for your perspective tonight
0: yeah it was so much fun i really appreciate it jay thanks a lot
2: you're welcome
1: all right bye y'all